Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We are doing a mini-series called Rest for the Weary. And uh, it was something that I felt we needed right now and was led by the Lord to go in this direction. Let me begin by reading verses 28 through 30 in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, once again, come to me. Remember again, the invitation is to come to him. Amen? And it's, and it's an invitation. And he says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want you to notice what Jesus is offering is rest. It's not more burdens. Now he is going to say that there is a burden, but his burden is light. We're going to find out that he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light in verse 30. But I want you to notice that, first of all, we need to learn to go to the Lord. That's step one. (laughs) Okay? And uh, he says, we looked at this last week when he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice rest is mentioned a second time. And then he says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we looked at the fact that the, the yoke that he was talking about is actually a harness for two. It's not just for one person. Amen? And I uh, made the comment that this yoke that is already easy, according to the next ver- verse, is actually shared as well. So not only is the Lord's yoke easy, but it is a shared yoke. Amen? Which means that He is there with you every step of the way. Now, what I want to do is move on because I've got so much to share with you. I want to move on to the next part where he says, take my yoke upon you, and then he says, learn from me. And that's really what he wants us to do. Um, With this aspect of learning, okay, in his commentary, Leon Morris writes, throughout this gospel, um, there is an emphasis on learning, on being a disciple, that is to learn through instructions. To be a follower of Jesus is to be a disciple, I want you to hear that again. To be a follower of Jesus is to be a disciple and therefore a learner. You know, we never stop learning. It's, it's really sad that people think when they get to a certain age, you know, they retire their brain and retire everything. Don't ever retire your brain, <laughs> okay? Keep using it. Learn something new. Work on something, you know, never stop. So anyway, he says, and, and this is one of the things that you do. When you come to the Lord, you never stop learning. Amen? And he, I've said here again, to be a follower of Jesus, excuse me, not me, Leon Morris says again, to be a follower of Jesus is to be a disciple and therefore a learner. Thus, to commit oneself to Him means to commit oneself to a learning process. So let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. So we're looking at this learning aspect when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Amen? And notice again he says, learn from me. This is something that, uh, you know, let, let me just uh, share, share on this for a minute. We need to fellowship with the Lord. Do you understand? We, we need to not have Bible study by ourselves, you know, and... and <laughs> uh, should I go there? Oh, I, let me just say this. I'll be really careful how I say this. You know, some people have Bible studies by themselves. They think the Lord is there, but they're just doing stuff they want to do. And they want to read the stuff they want to read rather than how the Spirit is leading them. 
Because sometimes the Spirit will lead you to things that aren't very comfortable. Amen. And, uh, you know, (laughs) so we need to really be sensitive to the Spirit when when we are doing this. And this is the reason why I'm bringing this up. That, you know, you need to really, I, I know people, uh, not anybody here, so everybody go, <sighs> okay, it's good, <laughs> all right? I will never talk about anybody that's here, okay, uh, or in, the, in our congregation. Uh, I've learned better, okay? Uh, but the, the thing is, I know people outside of this congregation, okay, that, that, you know, have times of prayer and so on and so forth, and you look at their life and you look at the things that they come out with, and you think, who were you praying to? That wasn't God. Seriously, family, you know. And uh, I've seen in the Bible, I actually found verses of Scripture that talk about that, that actually talk about people that fellowship with themselves. They're not fellowshiping with the Lord, they fellowship with themselves. They have a great time with themselves, and they come out thinking that they've just done their time with God. And there has been no leading of the Spirit, there has been no repentance, there has been nothing like that. Are you all with me? You know, one of the things that I find, here, here's a clue for you. Okay, one of the things that I find is, whenever I go to the Lord, the first thing is 1 John 1, 9. Because I don't want anything to get in the way of God speaking to me. Are you all with me? Amen? And so the first thing that I do is 1 John 1, 9, I just say, Lord, if there's anything that is getting in the way of you speaking to me, I'm confessing that right now. If you, all you need to do is say there's something there, and it's out. I don't even think about it. If he brings it up, means it's a problem. Get rid of it. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, let's, let's get back to this. In John chapter 8 and verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, or which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want you to notice he says, The way you are a disciple of Jesus Christ is you continue in his word. You don't... (laughs) So many people, you know, people think that all they need to do is a little bit of time with the Lord and then we're good. You know, let's, let's, when we get into trouble, let's go to the Lord. And then when we're out of trouble, we'll go do whatever we want. And then when we get in trouble again, come running back to the Lord. Now you can do that, but Why? Why do you want to live that way, man? I mean, you know, why not stay with him? And I want you to notice something about this as well. He says, if you continue in my word, it means that you apply yourself. It means that this is a lifestyle. Continuing means lifestyle. Did you all catch that? Okay. He says, if you continue in my word, he says, then are you my disciples indeed? And then you shall know the truth. See, it's only the truth that you know that will set you free. Did you get that? Okay, see, a lot of people say, well, the truth will set you free. No, no, no. The truth you know will set you free. If you don't, there's a lot of people today that are in bondage because they don't know the truth. They have an idea of what the truth is, but they don't know it in their heart. They don't know it for themselves. Amen. It's called revelation knowledge. Okay, until you get that revelation, it just becomes something in your head, not something in your heart. Jesus said, if you believe, when you speak to this mountain, if you believe in your heart and you don't doubt, he didn't say in your head. Let me deal with this for just a moment very quickly. You can have a doubt in your head 
and still believe in your heart and the mountain will move. I don't advise it, but okay. It's, it's a tough road, but I have done this. I have had a, you know, doubts in my head about certain things, you know, because we are taught things. And, you know, we are told certain things are impossible. And yet Jesus said, if you can believe, not if you can figure it out. You don't have to know how. You just need to believe. And he has, you know, God has put something on the inside of us as new creations, as born again Christians. There's something on the inside. You start believing, you know. You are a new creation with new abilities, okay? You start believing and things start to work. Things start to move. Are you all with me? And that's, that's really what we need to learn. You know, and the people that say, well, it doesn't work, isn't working because they don't believe. It didn't say it'll work regardless. It said only if you believe, it'll work. These signs will follow those who believe. Are you all with me? Amen? Why did I get off there? Anyway, never mind. I just <laughs> probably remember later on. Getting back to this, all right, we need, oh, I, said, I was talking about knowing the truth. It's a revelation. This needs to be a revelation. And so this is what the Lord wants you to learn from him. He wants you to come to him when you are burdened and heavy laden. And he's saying, this is the, uh, this is the rest that you will receive. Do you know when you receive a revelation, the rest you receive is you know that God's on the case. You know that you don't have to carry it. Amen. And whatever thing is bigger than you, God is bigger than that. Did you get that? Because <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing you need to get. <laughs> All right? Whatever thing is bigger than you, God is bigger than that. And that's the reason why you go to him and you allow him to take care of things because he knows how. He knows more about it than you could ever imagine. All the experts down here, and I put experts in quotes, they don't know nothing compared to God. I know that's bad English, but I want to say that that way. Okay? <laughs> okay? I mean, when it comes to God and what He knows, forget about every expert on the planet. Amen. And He is, he is telling you something. He is telling you, number one, trust Him. And number two, there is something you can do. Hallelujah. Moving on. In Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42, you know, they, it says there, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Notice the word continue there again. Comes up again. They, they learned to do this. They learned that this was the way to live. Connected to God. Amen. Don't ever disconnect from Him. That's where the power is. That's where the peace is. That's where the provision is. That's where the protection is. That's where the favor is. Everything is there. Stay connected. Hallelujah. It's really sad people disconnect when, they're, you know, when everything is going well. That's the best time to fellowship with the Lord. <sighs> Amen. All right. <laughs> like I said, I got a lot to get through. So I'd like to spend more time on it, but let's move. So once again, this is the learning process that we are to commit to if we are to learn from him and continue in his rest. If we are to learn from him and continue in his rest. Amen? Okay. Let, let's continue on to Matthew 11 in this latter half of verse 29. Jesus goes on now to describe the kind of teacher he is. This, this blessed me so much as I was studying it out. He says, for I am gentle or meek and lowly or humble in heart. So the word gentle can also mean meek. 
All right, the word lowly can also mean humble. It is different translations translated differently. They're bringing out these meanings. I might use one more than the other, but it all means the same thing. Okay? <clears throat> we see so many examples of this. You know, rather than just make this statement, I want to show you in the scriptures. Is that okay? Too late. I've got the mic. All right. <laughs> Mark, Mark chapter 9. Let's go there. <laughs> There's a lot of, there are so many examples. I just picked two of them. Mark chapter 9, and I'm talking about Jesus being humble, Jesus being gentle, all right, from the point of being a teacher. Okay, so I'm not talking about the time, you know, when the woman was taking adultery and all that sort of stuff, when he stood there and defended her, because that's not a teaching thing. So, I'm, so you, because I know somebody's going to say, what about that one? Well, that's why I'm not doing that one, okay? All right, just if you're thinking that, okay. But I, <laughs> I want to look at it from a point of teaching, all right? So, Mark chapter 9, verse 30. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee. Where's there? Don't worry about it, all right? And he, <laughs> I'm doing the life of Jesus. I'll explain all of this stuff, but not right now, all right? And he did not want anyone to know it. Verse 31. For he taught his disciples, notice his teaching. He taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Stop there for a second. I want you to notice he he has shared something very personal with them. He's saying he's about to be betrayed. He's about to die. Now these are his disciples. What should have been on their mind? Can we do anything to help? But no, no, that's not on their mind. Let's go read on. But <laughs> they didn't understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Verse 32. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was, it, what was it you disputed amongst yourselves on the road? Because obviously they were having a little argument at the back. All right. But, but they kept silent. For on the road, here it comes, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Can you believe that? Jesus just said to them, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to die. What are they arguing about? I think I'm better than you. What makes you think that? Well, you know, okay. Can you believe this? You know, if I were Jesus... I need another 12. These aren't working out for me. You know, seriously, man, you know. Okay, I want you to see something from this. Watch how he reacts, okay? Verse 35, and he sat down. You know, that's a calm demeanor. He didn't turn around and tell them all off. You know, when you're standing, that's authoritative. When you sit down, there's a calmness there. Are you all with me? And he sat down, and he called the twelve, and said to them, Just watch Jesus. I really need you to see what he's about to say in light of what he has just said and the argument they were having. Okay? (laughs) Get this, please. (laughs) And he said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he's dealing with it. Instead of saying, you know, it really saddens me. 
that I wouldn't we do this? I'm, I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up. I'll take my halo off and I'll put my hand up, okay? If, if this was something heavy on his heart, and they, they were arguing about that stuff, I would have said and said, seriously, guys? That's what you're talking about? Did you, not, did you not get what I just said to you? Because we get mad when people don't side with us. And people aren't going, oh, you poor thing. No, no, come on. <laughs> just, that, that's how we are, okay? Let's just not, okay. So watch. He addresses them. He starts talking to what they've been on about. And he says, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Wow. Do you know what he's doing? What he's about to do is exactly that. He's about to serve them all by dying from, for all of them. You're with me. Verse 36. I could preach on that a long time, but we're going to move on. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. I, I love this, the, the imagery here, okay? He says he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, isn't that beautiful? Don't miss that. When he had taken him in his arms, this is how Jesus loves kids. He said to them, verse 37, whoever receives one of these little children in my name, this is after he's saying he's going to be betrayed and he's going to die. I think this is extraordinary. He doesn't have that on his mind. He has them on his mind. They're messing up. They've got their priorities wrong. They're trying to figure out who's the greatest. And in the midst of this, he is teaching them. Do you see this? Do you see his gentleness? He says, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. That's God the Father, okay? Verse 38, watch. Now John answered him. Normally it's Peter, it's John this time. Okay, John answered him saying, teacher, notice how John recognizes Jesus as his teacher. I told you this is to do with teaching, okay? This is the one who's instructing him, educating him. And then he confesses it. He says, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow us. Remember their argument? Who's the greatest? Now what is that guy doing? He's not even one of us. What is that? So do you see they're still on that? Jesus is saying, listen, man. You want to be the greatest, you need to learn to serve. Be the least. And now they're getting upset with somebody who's serving, who's doing something. And it's not their little group. Like we told him off. Like, hello, excuse me. Show me your card. Where does it say you're a member? Mine says, disciple, where's yours? Making a point. Notice he says, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. Obviously, he's getting it right. Because remember, the seven sons of Sceva, they messed up. They started to do stuff in his name. They, they said, uh, and the demons jumped and said, Paul, we know, you know, Jesus, we know, who the heck are you? And the next thing, they're running out with the paparazzi taking pictures of naked people. You know, those paparazzis were around back then. <laughs> okay. 
I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But <laughs> Jesus said, watch this. He didn't turn around and say, what is wrong with you people? You know, I'm ju- I've just told you that this isn't about who's the greatest. Because the greatest is the servant of all. He's serving and you're telling him off. So watch now, but Jesus said, he doesn't say any of those things. He doesn't do this. I really need to get this. He says, do not forbid him. Isn't that beautiful? All right. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. Watch. Verse 40. For he who is not against us is on our side. Please get that he didn't say who... Anyone who is not against me is on my side. He said us and our. He's doing the thing again. He's bringing them all in and say, listen, we need to be good with this. We need to realize he's on our side. Jesus is always inclusive. Are you all with me? I need you to get this because this is how he does things. This is the teacher who is gentle who is humble, who doesn't get upset when you miss things by a mile. He just gently brings it all back in. It's okay. Get your priorities right. Amen? All right, let's go to another one. John chapter 13. I've said that's a teacher who listens, cares, and is truly gentle, meek, and humble in heart. John chapter 13, I want to start reading in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, I love this, he loved them to the end. Isn't that beautiful? There was not one moment in time that he got mad with them. He got upset with them. He wanted to trade them in. Not once. Not once will he look at you in that way. No matter how much you mess up, no matter how many things you get wrong, no matter where you mess up your priorities, he'll always look at you as someone he loves dearly to the end. Are you all with me? Please get this. Verse 2. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given, him, given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God. I love that statement. He came from God and he was going back to God. See, this is something that we find out when we were in the life of Jesus, that the statement was made, Only one who has come from God knows who God's like, or what God is like. Nobody down here knows, but the one who came from God knows God. And he is the one that is going back to God, because he is God. That's why I kept saying, salvation, redemption needed God on both ends. Do you understand? It took God to redeem man back to God. Don't just see Jesus as some prophet. He was God in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
It took God to bring us back to God. That's, that's the reason why everything else doesn't work. We don't belong to a religion. We belong to God. Did you get that? Amen. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> verse 4. Actually, it's in the middle of a sentence. Back to verse 3. So Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. I want to jump to verse 12, please. So Otherwise, there's a conversation with Pete. and we don't, Okay. Verse... <laughs> Anyway, he always has to say something. Verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, then he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? Watch verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord. Did you see that? He is now acknowledging that he is their teacher. All right. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. He's saying, you're right. Verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, your Lord and teacher, not only the one that you look up to, not only the one that you look to, but the one that you are receiving instructions from and should be obeying. Okay? He says, uh, says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet... Notice he's teaching them again. This is how, this is Jesus who is humble. Who does this? You know, you'll never find a Pharisee washing one of their disciples' feet. Are you kidding me? It's like a privilege just to touch their feet. Let alone wash it. (laughs) That's how they thought, you know. And Jesus is saying, you can't be like that. You can't be that way. This is not how this works. Amen. Yeah, let's not go there. All right. (laughs) And he says here, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Let me just read what I've written here. This is the ultimate expression of humility, except for when Jesus allows himself to be stripped off all his earthly garments and willingly dies on the cross for you and me. That was the worst. Okay? Verse 15. He says, For I have given you an example. Notice, this is how a teacher teaches, by example. Because Jesus said about the Pharisees, he said they sit in Moses' seat, do as they say, but don't do as they do. Because they say one thing and do something totally different. But with Jesus, he says, watch me. You do as I say and as I do. Amen? See, as Christians, our life needs to reflect what we say. So much of the time we're trying to witness to people and what our, you know, our words don't match our life. We're saying things to them and they're going, but look at you. Learn some manners. <laughs> you know, I mean, some Christians, okay, I won't say that either. All right. So <laughs> you know, yeah, anyway, where was I? Okay. <laughs> so he says here, Verse 15, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. This is Jesus, the teacher. Learn from me. Remember he said that? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
learn from me. So the only way you can learn from him is to find out what he actually did. Because his life matched his words. Whatever he said to do, he did. He always led the way. That is the best way to teach somebody something. You can tell them until you're blue in the face, but once you start showing them, they get a picture in their head. And they begin to see what they need to do. Amen? <clears throat> I've got five minutes. This is not going to happen. Anyway, all right. So he says here, For I haven't given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verse 16, Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Talking about God the Father. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The blessing is in the doing. Not in the knowing. It's in the doing. You have to know before you can do. But once you know, you need to do. A lot of people think, just because I know it, it's going to work. No, you got to do something. Amen? So here again, we have a clear picture of what Jesus means when he says again in Matthew eleven twenty nine, For I am gentle or meek and lowly or humble in heart. Accordingly, in his commentary, William MacDonald explains that in contrast to the Pharisees who were harsh and proud, the true teacher Jesus is gentle, meek, and humble. Hallelujah. Are you receiving something? The reason I'm going through all of this is so that you understand who you are going to and what you should be listening out for. If you go to the Lord and you get something other than this, it ain't Him. Something has invaded your prayer time. Family, you really need to learn how to resist the devil, and then only, only then will he flee from you. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he'll come to your prayer room. That's not just out in the world. It's everywhere you go. He roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And sadly, because people have been taught the wrong thing, they allow him into their prayer room. Can I get an amen? You're not, don't, don't let him in there. He starts talking stuff to you. Get rid of him. Rebuke him. Now, it, it's not him. If you're getting, you need to repent. Uh, that's the Lord. You need to repent. Don't rebuke that. <laughs> okay? All right? I'm, I'm talking about stuff that you're sitting in there and you start thinking, you know, I did that. And you know, I was right to do that. And he goes, yeah, you were. I mean, they were real turkeys to you. And you think, yeah, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Go kill him, Lord. Okay. That's not God. <laughs> okay? Because, because what you need to do is have a clean heart. Listen, you need to have God's righteousness working in you. If you confess your sin, if you acknowledge your sin, First John 1, 9, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. And then you don't hold a grudge. After that, you let go. And you let God do His thing. Whatever healing you need, you need to ask Him for that. Just say, God, that really hurt me. It's, it's still in my head, you know. I really need to get it out. And that's, that's the help you ask for. Not help me get rid of them. 
help me get rid of this. <laughs> okay? And you, that's, that's, the, that's the teacher. That's the Lord you go to. The light burden is to look to him. The heavy burden is to carry the insults and carry all that pain with you. Do you know when you ask for forgiveness, we have found, science is finding today, that we actually attach to things without even realizing. On a, you know, I don't want to get too sciencey with you, but on a quantum level, there's a level that we can't see where everything is connected. Is this interesting? God knew this well before we ever found out. We said it was all, you know, that's what science does. It says it's not true until it's true. And then suddenly everybody should agree with them. They were wrong before, and everybody should have agreed with them over there. Now they're over here. Now everybody has... <laughs> don't bother following that. They're still behind God. Like, a way is behind Him. All right? But it's really interesting to note that when we forgive, we actually detach in that realm from whatever hurt us. You see, we think we're forgiving and letting them get away with something. God is saying, forgive them so they don't keep hurting you. Did you get that? That's why you forgive. So that you can detach and continue on with your life without carrying all of this stuff and allowing it to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Amen. I have run out of time. <laughs> I still have a couple of pages. Anyway, can we, can we, I'm sorry. Okay, it's going to be part four. Uh, <laughs> let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, that we take nothing for granted. All the things that we are learning, we thank you, Lord, that as you said, that we not only hear those things, but we do those things. I pray for each and every individual here, Father. I thank you, whatever situation that they're dealing with right now, I thank you, Father, that they come to you, Lord. Because that's where the rest is. That's where the peace is. That's where the strength is. Because that's where the joy is. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. And Father, I just pray for your wisdom, for your rest, and for your blessing in each and every life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 